Welcome into Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here and breaking down a Knicks closer than you wanted victory over the Detroit Pistons, 118 to 112. A total count on your stars to get you through a game. Jalen Brunson with 42 points. Julius Randle, nearly a triple-double. And the Knicks, unfortunately, not taking this team very seriously, which almost bit them in the butt. So I'll get into all of it next on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks, and today's show is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking insights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. Make sure you hit that notification bell on YouTube or the auto-download function on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode because we are here for you guys five times a week, if not more. So plenty of Knicks content during the Knicks season. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. And I am recapping not the prettiest win, but a win nonetheless for the Knicks, 118-112 to 112 over the Pistons. Like I said in the intro, this was kind of a count on your stars to get you through a game. Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle both put up the numbers you needed from them in this game. Uh, a combined, I'm actually just doing the head math right now, 71 points. Yeah. Yeah, 42 for Brunson, 29 for Randall. Uh, it it was exactly what the Knicks needed, especially through the first three quarters where points were harder to come by for whatever reason. Um, but, you know, I think it's, it, as a general assessment, I don't think it's great to play this close to a team that hasn't won a game in forever. Uh, Detroit, with this loss, I believe is now up to 15 straight losses. They did not win a single game in the month of November, which is really tough stuff. But the Pistons are young, they're raw, they have talent, and they have pride, you know? Like, they, I think the media machine, you know, I, I felt like I hadn't heard about the Pistons all year, but then the media machine the last few days kind of kicked in and was like, oh, wait, like, everybody realized all at once that they hadn't won a game yet in November and then just kind of ran with it, and it seemed like they were getting kind of clowned on social media and everything else, so it's tough to blame a team like that for having pride and wanting to come out and play better, and they certainly did, like, I... I, I don't know. The Pistons have a lot of top-end draft talent on their team. It's kind of a wonder to me that they're not doing better than they are. Um, but I thought that, at least for this game, they they played pretty well, especially like Cade Cunningham, um, Killian Hayes had a really, really good game. Marcus Sasser looks like a real real baller. I'll talk about all them a little bit more later on in the show, just because I, I I was pretty impressed with with some of the young talent on their team. But yeah, I'm, I'm not at all surprised that they came out and played the Knicks the way that they did. It was kind of on the Knicks to play better than they did. But I don't know. I'll, I'll just give my usual spiel. I say this probably six, seven times per season. But, like, from a Knicks perspective, I don't think anyone's going to remember the score of this game a month from now. Ultimately, a win's a win. Like, it was ugly, but they they took care of business. They beat a bad team. In the end, that's that's all that really matters. Like that's what you have to do. You have to beat the bad teams. You have to, um, you know, get the win, get the win in the win column. And as long as you do that, nobody's going to remember if you won ugly. They're just going to remember if you won. Now, if you lost ugly in this game, this would be a game that myself and others would probably point back to and say, 
maybe the Knicks should have taken things a little more seriously early on in the season. Um, but you know, they they took care of business, they beat the Pistons, and you know, it is what it is. They're not the team that is the one that's gonna snap that losing streak, which you never want to be on the other side of that either. Just like you don't want to be the team with the losing streak, you don't want to be the team that gets beat for the first time, you know, the first game in 15 games that this team has won. So, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, it's it's fine. You know, I, I'm not I'm not sounding any alarms over this game other than just, hey, Knicks, maybe just take every opponent seriously. It seemed pretty obvious that they were still kind of maybe coming down from the game against Charlotte the other day, a similarly, you know, young but not winning a lot team that they were facing this year. But one that I would say without LaMelo Ball on the floor had less talent on the floor than this Pistons team, which I think was sort of the difference here. Uh, but you know, it's it, maybe they're feeling themselves a little too much. Maybe they just kind of wanted a night off. They do have the Raptors, uh, you know, on a back to back. So maybe they were kind of already looking towards the Raptors on Friday night. Who's to say, but either way, a win's a win, you know, you'll take it. You just want them to win a little better, uh, and, you know, have a better team effort like they did the other day, but you know, it's fine. Uh, because ultimately you have Jalen Brunson. So if you have a Jalen Brunson, who can score 42 points, shoot 7 to 12 from 3, and 13 to 24 overall, give you 8 assists, 6 rebounds. I mean, that's that's why you have a superstar like that, to carry you through nights like this. Um, you know, I think this is probably probably his most complete game of the season. Uh, you know, I think the best scoring game was obviously the in-season tournament game against Milwaukee, where he had 45, was that his final total? 45 in that game you know, a higher point total than this one uh, and, you know, set his career high for threes in that game and all that good stuff. But, you know, I, I think that this was probably his most complete game. You know, he did what he had to do scoring the ball, but also did a really good job of trying to initiate and, you know, get his teammates going when the team needed it because they weren't, you know, it was, it was not the best, uh, not the best team effort overall for the Knicks in this one on both ends. So, Brunson did his part, at least on the offensive end, to try to, you know, resuscitate them a bit. Um, Clyde said a few times on the broadcast, too, that this, that, and I think maybe Kenny Albert alluded to this as well, but Clyde definitely was like, oh, he needed this coming off a rough game last game. I, I'll say it again. I said it during the last game pod. I, I don't think his last game was a bad one. You know, he only had 12 points, but like he distributed really well in the last game. And I thought that he carried some of that over into this game where then, you know, the team needed him to score more. So he did, but he also was looking to distribute more, which is something that I think was not high on his priority list in some of the early games this season where he was getting his points, but really not doing much in the assist column and not looking like he was, you know, he was missing guys a lot. I think, you know, while he was trying to seek out his own shot. And, you know, I think that he's starting to correct that a bit and look for his teammates more. And that sort of started the other day. And the other day he also, he had 12 points, but it wasn't, it wasn't because he, he was shooting poorly. He shot like, I think it was like five of eight or something like that. It was just that the team didn't need him to score because everybody was scoring the other day today. They really needed him to score. And he really, really did. He scored 30 of his 42 points in the first and third quarters. It just came out absolutely on fire to start each half. And the Knicks really needed that. Um, you know, they were looking pretty uninspired early on. Uh, of both halves and Brunson just came out and was like, well, I'm just going to hit every shot that I take. And the three point shot making was fantastic. I mean, it, he just makes it look really effortless when he's as honest he is or as honest he was in this game. So 
Uh, I, I really enjoyed that from him. Through three quarters, he and Randall had combined for 70 points, which is nuts, uh, you know, considering they, I guess they ultimately ended up with 70, 71, 72. So, I mean, that's, they combined for a lot of points through the first three quarters, uh, <laughs> and the, the Knicks needed every bit of it. Uh, but it was just one of those games where everything looked effortless for Brunson. It was, I, I thought that he played really well. He looked prepared. He was the one guy that did not seem to be taking the Pistons lightly at any given time. Um, and, you know, he says much in the post-game interview. Granted, it's kind of interview speak, but, you know, he was asked after the game, like, how do you guys, you know, what do you do to, you know, beat this team? And, you know, when you, when your team needs you and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, you can't take any team lightly. You know, you have to come out and give your full effort every single game. These are all NBA teams with NBA talent. And I agree with him there. So I'm, I'm glad that someone's thinking that way. Uh, but at any rate, Randall, I thought played really well as well. Dante DiVincenzo carried this team late in the fourth quarter, which was much needed. Uh, Mitchell Robinson did some Mitch things. And unfortunately, Emmanuel quickly and Quentin Grimes uh, had really poor games in this one. So I want to get into all that in just a second. But first, I got to remind you all that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers are staying hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers, you get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. My favorite, I talk it up every single time, is always same game parlays. That's my, it's one of their big selling points on FanDuel. And it's one of my favorite ways to bet when I want to wager a little bit of money. Maybe tonight on the uh, on the Raptors game, maybe you want to make things a little more interesting. So you could be like, hey, I think Jalen Brunson keeps up his toward scoring pace. So I'm going to say Jalen Brunson over 23 and a half points. I'm going to say Emmanuel quickly gets back on track. Emmanuel quickly over two and a half threes. I'm going to say... Uh, Mitchell Robinson beasts on the glass uh, over 12 and a half rebounds. And you could put all those together in one single bet on a single game. And what maybe would have paid you for say a $5 bet paid you out like seven fifty or something. Now we'll pay you out like a hundred dollars because you're putting all the things on the same ticket and decreasing the overall likelihood. But if you're right and if you're smart about it and you pick the right things, you could potentially make a ton more money. So it's, it's pretty fun. Same game parlays. Do it. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and you can keep chugging through the NFL season and the NBA season. Bet all your favorite games. It's my favorite place to bet. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, and I'm back in. To keep talking through this Knicks and Pistons game. And, you know, I said your stars carried you through it in this game. Well, Julius Randle counted on that as well uh 29 points 10 rebounds eight assists 12 of 21 shooting two of five from three and i think randall you know he had his moments too i think everybody in the first half had some moments where you just kind of scratched your head and were like what is going on with this team right now uh so he was not immune to that but i thought that he did a lot of the things well that he's been doing well lately so i i feel pretty confident in saying if he can if he can keep up this good play against toronto who always kind of gives the Knicks trouble and Randall just, they're so lengthy, you know, they have Barnes and Siakam and Ojeana Nobi and all those guys out there uh, that just kind of always are the ones that disrupt the Knicks because the Knicks are not a particularly long team. So the, the Raptors are sort of like their, 
they're kryptonite, regardless of how good either team is in any given season. They just always seem to have trouble with the Raptors. Uh, but if he can go out there and play well against them and then against Milwaukee in the in-season tournament, I, I think we could pretty safely say that Randall's over the early season slump and is kind of back to being his, his all-NBA self. Uh, now, granted, he kind of just beat up on two really bad teams the last couple of games, but he's been playing well for, I, I would say, the last like week and change, two weeks maybe, uh, like varying degrees of of shooting uh, prowess. But I think all in all, like his his effort level and his level of play and how he's approaching the game has gotten better. Uh, so yeah, it was it was pretty good in this one. Certainly, the shooting was there in this game too. He shot twelve of twenty one. He was two of five from three. I thought he played a lot of bully ball against mismatches in this game. Uh, he attacked in the, in the fourth quarter at one point when the Knicks really needed a bucket. He like got a mismatch against Killian Hayes and just drove him right into the hoop. And the Pistons were trying to say that he traveled. I think he was all right. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think he traveled, but got all the way in and just made an easy layup just off the fact of like, well, I am I outweigh Killian Hayes by probably 40 pounds. So. I may as well just drive in here and and take what's mine on the inside and get an easy bucket for us late when we need it. Um, I also thought the three-pointer was going well enough that and has been going well enough lately that I think we're going to start seeing where Randall gets respected like he did last year, which is really the key. All he needs to do is convince teams that they need to respect him from three. And then he'll get that, and then that'll open up so many things for him and for the Knicks. So I, I think he's starting to reach that point again finally. We did see it early in the season where he was just bricking everything so much that he was just getting left completely wide open again. And I think that he's starting to get a little bit of respect from three again, which is good. Um, so hopefully that continues against some of these better teams. And then he can, he can use that to his advantage going forward and just keep adding to the repertoire. Uh, but, you know, I think, I think most of what the damage they did was on the inside in this game. You know, I, I liked his, you know, getting to the hoop strong He's been doing that really well lately too. You know, finally like using his body again, getting all the way in there like he did last season. So really, I'm I'm starting to see a lot of last season's Julius Randle shine through in this season's Julius Randle, and that's the best possible thing because I think last year was easily the best year of his career. Uh, and you know, if he can get back to that level for this season again and keep playing with that level of energy and you know, clear enjoyment for the game, I think we're in for a good stretch here. Um, I also I didn't I should point out I don't I didn't think it was his or anyone's best defensive game overall. It's tough for me to really harp on any individual player for the defense in this game because they kind of all were terrible, uh, especially in the first half. And then in the second half, too, they didn't exactly make life the hardest on the Pistons. They made it just hard enough, uh, at least in the fourth quarter, to finally like create that separation they needed and win the game. But nobody's best effort. I mean, if you're giving up. If you're if you're only winning by what was the final final tally? Only winning by six points against you know a team that hasn't won in 14 games, you're never going to really hang your hat on that. Um, I just I think that it, you know it's fine. You you can overlook it, overlook the the defensive shortcomings for any given player in this game because it seems like they all kind of came out with the same mindset of not taking this Pistons team seriously enough, which is a mistake that hopefully they all learn from in unison. So is what it is there. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, though, talk about a guy who didn't take the Pistons lightly, at least in the fourth quarter, uh, which is when the Knicks needed, you know, that last little jolt. He finished with 12 points overall, but had nine in the fourth quarter with three threes in the fourth. And he was really feeling it. He, he was the guy that helped put this game away. He played swarming defense. He drew a charge at one point in the fourth quarter, 
just in general kind of gave that that bench energy that the Knicks normally have in unison from their bench, but the bench in general just was not its best self today. Uh, mostly starting with Emmanuel quickly, but I didn't think Hartenstein had the the most inspiring effort uh, either in this game. Like it was just kind of it was a weird game. But the Villanova guys, uh, Brunson, Dante Divincenzo, Josh Hart, uh, were closing the game for the Knicks along with Randall and Mitch, and I thought it was a good combo. You know, it's good to bust that combo out every once in a while. Sometimes, you know, the other guys just aren't going to have it as much. And like DiVincenzo, if he's at his best, I think can hang with anybody on this team as far as potentially, you know, closing games and and being a key piece down the stretch. And he certainly was that in this game. Um, I think that they needed they needed everything that he gave them in the fourth quarter. And luckily, Tibbs saw that and didn't, you know, go to a, a, a comfort player like RJ Barrett or something who like. RJ was fine in this game. I'll talk about him in the next segment. Like he had sort of an inoffensive game where he just did, you know, he, he like everybody else did not really inspire the most confidence in me, but it was, you know, whatever. It was just kind of a bad game for everybody. But luckily Tibbs didn't just like go to him just because it was like, oh, well, it's time to go to RJ. Um, he stuck with DiVincenzo, which I think was a good move along with Josh Hart, which like for all of his, for all of Josh Hart's flaws this year, uh, I thought that even though he didn't put up like a crazy stat line, he had a pretty good game as well and definitely was like the guy that the Knicks needed out there down the stretch of the game. I want to talk about Mitchell Robinson. I already teased talking about RJ. And then some struggles from Emmanuel Quickly and Quentin Grimes uh, in just a second. But first, I got to remind you all that today's show is brought to you by Game Time. And I, I'll tell you what, guys. I, uh, I've had some frustrating ticket buying experiences in my life. I I really like waiting way too long to get tickets. Uh, it's it's one of my toxic traits, I guess. Um, and I just you know when I go on those other sites, sometimes I look at and it's like last minute and the prices are just out of this world high. And you're like, oh, man, all right. I guess I guess the thing I wanted to do tonight, I won't end up doing tonight. Uh, and but that's the thing, you shouldn't have to worry about that if you're when you're buying tickets to your next big event. You should just hope that wherever you're getting them from is going to treat you right and give you good deals. And that's where game time comes in because game time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. The all in prices show you your total upfront. So you know, you're getting the best deal without hidden fees and game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last minute seats. You can find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. I have done that before. I've bought uh, uh, Broadway tickets for my wife and I off of Game Time. It's a great app for that as well. And with zone deals, you can pick the section and Game Time will pick the seat for you for an average of an 18% savings. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork. Out of buying tickets with Game Time, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N NBA for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, and I'm back in to finish talking through this this Knicks Pistons game. You know, again, not the best game in the world. Uh, so this last segment will probably be somewhat brief because it's not 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 a game worth talking a ton about. But R.J. Barrett uh, is the next guy I wanted to get to. 
uh, in this 15 points, 5 of 12 shooting, shot 1 of 6 from 3. Um, I, the way that I thought of to describe this game for him was inoffensive. You know, it was fine. Um, I think that, you know, he didn't end up playing down the stretch because the Villanova lineup just kind of had it going. And like everyone, he just didn't seem the most energized, but not the best, not the worst game for him. I, I think he had some flashes in the second half. You know, he actually did most of his scoring in the first half, but I thought the second half was where he he showed more flashes um, and, you know, looked a little, a little more energized, much like the rest of the team. So that was good. I mean, hopefully they can carry that over into this Toronto game. Uh, tonight, because I I wouldn't want to see, um, I wouldn't want to see you know more low effort <laughs> play out of anyone. Uh, but yeah, I thought it, you know he didn't shoot well from three. That's the the big concern, I guess, that his three point shooting is kind of coming back to earth again after him shooting fifty percent for like the first month of the season almost. Uh, but you know it, you'll you'll take it. You know the fact that he shot one of six from three and still managed to shoot five of twelve overall. And is still getting to the line well. I think he shot four or six from the free throw line in this game, which you want to maybe see that be like five or six. But, you know, if, if he can keep up at least getting to the free throw line and finishing through contact and getting inside, you can live with the ups and downs of his three-point effectiveness. So we'll, you know, we'll see how what the next few weeks uh, have in store for RJ. I would, I would hope to see some rebounding on his three-point shooting, though, or see it, you know, tick back up again. Maybe not to 50% again, but if he can hold steady at like 38% for this year, I think that would be huge for him. Uh, Mitchell Robinson finished this game six points, nine rebounds, six offensive, one steal, one block. I mentioned I didn't think this was Hartenstein's best game. Um, Mitch, I, I don't think it was his best either. You know, it was kind of hard to top that uh, that master class that he put together against the Hornets the other day. But, you know, I thought that he was good. Um, I thought that he did what was needed. He got the offensive boards. He got a tip in late. Uh, off I think it was a Brunson miss um, that was at a pretty key point for the Knicks you know just in general like the Pistons for all their flaws have a lot of big dudes that can get rebounds and you know can generally make a guy like Mitch's life a little harder than usual but he still looked like himself still got the rebounds that you would expect him to get and still played pretty good defense too I think all things considered again you know I think the whole team just looked a little disjointed in this game but he definitely earned his minutes. He was, uh, I want to say, the third highest minute getter on the team with 31 um, behind Randall and Brunson. So he he definitely earned it in this game. He he needed to be out there down the stretch, I think, uh, and he did. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly, unfortunately, usually we're talking so kindly about Emmanuel Quickly, but unfortunately not the best game for him. Five points, two assists. He shot two of 10, one of five from three. I think this is probably one of his worst games I can remember in a while i mean because sometimes the shooting isn't there for him but in this game he just kind of seemed off overall like it seemed like guys were getting by him on defense way more than they typically would he wasn't forcing the action in the passing lanes I, he just he seemed really uncomfortable really kind of lackadaisical which is not something you normally say about him um and he just kept like i think i think Clyde might have even mentioned this uh at one point or it could be wrong maybe i just saw it on twitter i forget but he just kept like hammering, trying to draw fouls over and over and didn't adjust to the fact that he wasn't getting a good whistle. And like at a certain point, if you're him, you just got to like, you got to adjust, dude, like stop trying to draw fouls. And just, you know, he was kind of like demonstratively trying to do the thing where he just like gets inside, sort of puts his shoulder into a guy and then sort of fades back and just hucks something up there. And, you know, that was not what the Knicks needed in this game. They needed the more steadying presence that he normally brings. 
And I think that he thought maybe that was how he was going to get there, you know, since the shooting wasn't totally there. Maybe he knew that this game was not going to be one of his best shooting nights. I feel like good shooters can kind of feel it like, oh, I just don't have it tonight. But he he was not doing the Knicks any favors by how he was trying to create offense because he just he wasn't getting calls and then kept trying to get calls and then wasn't getting them. And that's just wasted possessions at that point. If you can't read what the refs are telling you, which is you're not going to get the calls you want tonight. Um, and, you know, that's just the NBA, unfortunately. You know, it's sometimes some games he would get that call every single time. But in this game, he didn't. And he didn't really make any adjustment for that, which was unfortunate. Um, I also, you know, I mentioned it, but I just don't think he was as engaged on defense, which, you know, he wound up playing under 20 minutes for this game. Normally, even if he's shooting poorly, I would say like, man, you still got to keep him over 20 minutes because look at what he's doing on both ends of the floor. You know, it's it's not just if he's shooting, like he's also distributing. He's also playing super good defense. The Knicks are obviously a better team with him out there, you know, and he they pretty much always win his minutes. But this game, not not so much. So I don't blame Tips for not playing him 20 minutes in this game. I just hope he can shake it off. I hope he can play better against the Raptors tonight um, and, you know, sort of take it personally that he played as poorly as he did. He's got a lot of pride, so I, I think that he will. Uh, likewise, uh, things are getting pretty ugly for Quentin Grimes, I think. Uh, 05 and 16 minutes in this game, and he just uh, he doesn't look like he has any confidence right now on the offensive end, and I think it's affecting his defense a bit too. You know, he was another one of those guys that used to, you know, you could be like, well, it doesn't matter if he shoots 1 of 10 or, or 10 of 15, you know, he's, he's going to give you a good defensive effort, and it's starting to affect him. I think, you know, he also didn't look as crisp. He, uh, my buddy Prez wrote a really good piece for the Strickland, uh, this week about, you know, the, the defense of the Knicks in general, which pointed out like Grimes actually hasn't been as good this year as in previous years at the point of attack. And it's starting to show a little more. Um, I, I don't, I don't love that. I still think, I think my way to fix this or at least experiment swap Emmanuel quickly and Quentin Grimes' roles for a little bit. Put quickly in the starting lineup with Brunson. Just put your best foot forward. Have your, you know, quickly most nights, I think, is the, you know, it's the argument between him and Barrett lately as far as who's the the third best player uh, any given night between those two with Brunson and Randall both playing really well. So, like, why not put all your best players in the starting lineup? Let them, you know, have hot starts against, like, a bad team like this. And then, you know, you can bring in Grimes and be a little more experimental. Maybe you keep quickly, you hang quickly out there a little longer to play with the bench a little bit anyway. But I just think that Grimes getting a little change of scenery and playing with the bench more and maybe getting to handle the ball a little more, stuff like that might help him a bit. You know, it just seems like he's, I don't know if he's confused about what his role is or if he just is losing confidence because he's getting so few attempts and and such low usage and isn't able to like sort things out on the fly. I, I don't know what the drill is, but on offense, he just looks uncomfortable. He doesn't look like he, like he's finding his spots sometimes, but then even when he rises up for threes anymore, I'm I'm not thinking to myself anymore like, oh, that's automatic. Like, oh, I can count on this guy. Even if he does nothing else on offense this game, like three of five from three, you know, he could definitely hit that. You know, it's, it's starting to feel like he looks like he's uncomfortable when he's shooting, which is not great. Um, so, yeah, I, I would maybe entertain that lineup change. It's just a simple change of, you know, that like quickly and Grimes can end up playing roughly the same amount of minutes anyway. You know, Grimes has been playing like 20 to 25. Quickly has been playing typically like anywhere from 20 to 30. You could still do that with one starting and one coming off the bench instead. But, you know, I just think that 
quickly has been a little more symbiotic with the the starting lineup guys and Grimes hasn't gotten the most chance to play with the bench. So why not give that a shot and see if that works and have him out there, you know, just swapping ball handling responsibilities with uh, DiVincenzo with Josh Hart, you know, those three could be out there kind of moving the ball around that way, have, you know, whoever you're out, you want out there with them. But I don't know, I guess we'll see if, if Tibbs decides to make that change. I don't think he will, unfortunately, but you know, it, it would be a worthwhile experiment, I think. Uh, but yeah, as far as the Pistons to close things out, I saw a stat that Cade hadn't shot over 50% in a single game this season so far. So for, of course he shot 60% in this game. And also Killian Hayes is shooting 42% for the year, but shot 10 of 13 in this game. And I, I thought Marcus Sasser looked really good. Um, I, I think they should keep giving him big minutes. I mean, he's clearly, he could shoot, he can, he can score. He's a, he, I think he's going to be a good player in the NBA for a while. Um, I honestly, I'll say this again. I, I I'm surprised this Pistons team is as bad as they are. I think they have some good talent. Like I used to see how long this losing streak goes or how long they fare playing on a two and 17 pace, but I don't, I think they will be all right in the end. I think they'll probably have a hot stretch at some point this season. At least you would hope so. I mean, I feel bad for, for the team. You know, it's like they've, they've got a really good roster. Clearly from this game, you could see like they have pride in themselves, to some degree and they like want to you know get better and win some games hopefully they're able to get there soon uh because you know there's a lot of teams with similar levels of talent like the magic and the thunder and all that that have you know done sort of the same strategy as the pistons that look way further along than them at this particular point in time um if i if i had to guess i would say the big man is sort of where the pistons have messed up a little bit and Dern looks good but still a little raw but you know, if they could figure that out, if they can get their bigs kind of sorted out, I do think they have some pretty good guard and wing talent to hopefully propel them to to better things going forward. But anyway, uh, the Knicks, to get back to the team that I cover, probably have to play a little better than than this against the Raptors tonight. It's the second game of back-to-back, so we'll have the recap of that and any weekend news that comes out on Monday because uh, we're, uh, we're going to, you know, take the weekend to digest that game, win or lose, I guess. And then... Uh, the Knicks will have their their in-season tourney revenge game uh, against Milwaukee in the knockout stage on Tuesday. So I guess we'll see how that goes as well. But no matter what, we'll be here for you guys for all that stuff and more. I'm Lockdown Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Peace out, everybody.